Welcome to the Down to Mars podcast. We are back for another episode this week. And today we're going to be talking about doing what you love for free. We'll be talking about Burning Man and some YouTubers that we have become new fans of. Shout out to Joshio and Becky and Chris, our new like YouTube celebrity obsessions. Um, but first, we'll get into the gut check segment. Are you ready? Let's do this. Okay. Hit me with your best shot. Okay. Fire away. All right. Dun, dun. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Which would you rather, an earthquake or a tornado? I want a tornado. Nolan's movies or Kanye's music? Nah, Kanye's music. Sushi or roti? Roti for sure. Would you rather be mistakenly sent to prison or an asylum? Oh, man, prison. Snickers uh, or Twix? Wait. No, you can't change your answer. Snickers or Twix? Snickers. Skittles or Starburst? Starburst for sure. 100 degree weather or 30 degree weather? 100 degree weather. <laughs> Would you rather take a ride in a helicopter or a submarine? A helicopter. Spider-Man or Iron Man? Spider-Man. Okay. That one was kind of easy this week. I feel like I took it easy on you. Uh, yeah. I, 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 didn't feel, I didn't feel too threatened by many of those. Although, so like... The one where it was like your hair never stops growing or... That one, I think, was one of my best. Yeah. That was one of the best gut check segments, at least on my part. That one really threw me. Yeah. I have gotten some feedback from people listening, i.e. I say Shanae every time, but Shanae and her fiance, Chris, <laughs> literally text me at like, I think it was like seven o'clock in the morning discussing whether they would rather have an orangutan's arms or a monkey's tail based on the gut check question. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like right. an intense debate was going on between them based on that one question. It's, it's so legitimate. It's so legitimate. Shout out to Shanae and Chris from Tampa. Yeah. And for the record, I would rather have a monkey's tail. I, okay, okay. Good yeah. to know. Okay. Because I can hide it if I want to wear a cute dress or something. Anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So jumping into this week's episode, as we said before, we're going to be talking about doing what you love for free. So we've spent quite some time talking about art and artists and the experience of creating on this podcast. We've had one episode so far where we talked specifically about freelance work for creators and another episode where we talked about what it means to be an artist and we talked about whether or not that includes needing your work to be public, needing to get paid for your work. Like what, what does yeah. it mean to be a legitimate artist? When is it artist? okay? And, and, and I think, I don't know that we offer answers to any of the questions that we pose on this podcast so much as we think out loud about them. For sure. So... I the, the the jury is still out on when you get to call yourself an artist, yeah. and um, I, I I mean yet still we we want to hear from from you guys call like not call us in but there's nobody to call us in, but um hit us up on social media and tell us what your thoughts are on that. But we definitely want to move the conversation in a different direction today because we spent so much time wondering and speculating that the legitimacy the point of legitimacy might come from making a living as an artist yes. and there are just so many legitimate artists that, that don't don't make right. a penny off of what they do and that reality does not at all impact the quality of their work at all yeah i um i think just to go off of what you were saying about whether <laughs> yeah we're not offering answers to any of these things um, but I think a lot of it just depends on how you feel. Like, when do I get to call myself an artist? Because, and it's kind of funny because I think you might be able to have one standard for someone else and then a totally different one for yourself. I think that's natural, especially for creators, because we tend to be very self-conscious about our work and the response to it and that kind of stuff. So I'm excited to, to have this conversation because we're kind of removing a little bit of that pressure i guess like money and making a living tends to add pressure yeah to that to, it, it to that definition yeah way. right it makes it less fun in a or way it it can depending on on how you your, feel under pressure yeah your approach to it um but yeah i'm i'm, I'm looking forward to having this discussion about 
just doing it just because you know because you because you can't imagine not doing it exactly because you you have a drive for it you have a passion for it um so one of the things that we wanted to talk about which was was just like the most beautiful example of this in real life was our experience at burning man when we went last year which really opened our eyes at least i can i can speak for myself it really opened my eyes to this concept of doing what you love or doing specifically art for free or without money attached to it on such a large scale because so for for people that aren't familiar, I don't know if you want to give a break. You're you're much better at at concisely defining what Burning Man is because every time I try to explain it, I feel like I'm just rambling about all the beautiful things I saw. But it is it's really easy to to allow Burning Man to overwhelm you. Yeah. Um. In, even in if a good you've way. been there. In a good way. Yeah. Burning Man. If you don't know what it is, and I feel like it's. A, a worthwhile thing to do to spell out what it is because I've said Burning Man to enough people who thought I said Birmingham as in Alabama to clarify <laughs> we're not talking about Alabama <laughs> at all it may be the most opposite of Alabama no disrespect <laughs> to anybody from Alabama listening to the podcast um so, so if, if you were in an elevator with someone and you had like two floors to tell them what burning man was what would you tell them burning man is an arts festival in the desert it's just a bunch of pop-up art in the desert and seventy thousand people go out there to oogle at art listen to music and connect with absolute strangers and it's a big party and it's Ding! awesome that was the elevator getting to the floor that was good that was good thanks <laughs> thanks i appreciate that um, hope you go yeah so like gj said i would definitely encourage anyone i'm talking even if you you don't consider yourself some kind of like sophisticated art like person to look up some of the art that has been featured at burning man because i think it will illustrate to you the effort and energy and passion that was poured into these projects because many of them are stunning and they are large scale yeah they're super interactive art exhibits and they're super sophisticated like there are they are creations large enough for a person to climb on strong enough to withstand the weight of that person climbing on it and big enough to be able to have photographs taken of it from across the desert that, that you could like stand on this huge plot of land i don't know off the top of my head how big the the property that they do this on is it's really it's big. huge and you can see <laughs> really so many of these pieces from across the 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 way like it's 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 epic in scale it really is epic it's it's something out of and in fact it's funny i was going to say i was going to say it's something out of like the art department of hollywood and actually one of the artists that we met at burning man last year was someone out of the art department in hollywood mm -hmm. he was a set designer like a like a visual effects artist kind of thing from hollywood and he built sets and now he brought his skills i think he i think he said that he worked on what dreams may come with robin williams wow. oh yes 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 and he did this like ferris wheel thing with skeletons that was supposed to look like a um a uh, skeleton on the river sticks. Is yeah, what it skeletons was. on the river sticks. Like when it spins, it looks like the person a, is a, a moving. It, <laughs> um, I I don't think honestly I don't think explaining it out loud is <laughs> much like you know it's just one of those things you know when you try to take a picture of a sunset and it just well you're an actual photographer so you could do it but when I try to take a picture of a sunset on like my iPhone or a full moon or something and it doesn't do it justice I think that's how I often feel talking about Burning Man because it's like you had to be there like you have to experience it but GJ included there are some really great pictures out there of some of the the work that has been featured there that again I would encourage you guys to look at because just to imagine that someone could pour their heart into this and spend probably weeks, if not months, <laughs> working on some of these projects um, just for it to be featured and experienced by other souls that are just there at Burning Man without expecting to be paid for it, without having to be like standing next to it, trying to sell the piece of art or something, because that's not what makes it worthwhile. It's just people experiencing it 
and 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 having at least some of those people make like a meaningful connection with it that makes it worthwhile to the artist which is great um yeah yeah so we so what actually made us think about this whole discussion was that a couple of weeks ago there was a youtuber whose channel i absolutely love youtuber's name is josh yo and his youtube channel and his instagram is make art now and he he's awesome he gets into tutorials and he just generally messes around and tells interesting stories that are either inspiring or instructive or creative and the goal in the end is to make the person watching the videos feel like well shit i gotta go make some fucking stuff i gotta go make art now (laughs) now right now what am i doing what am i what am i doing right now because if i'm not making art that's what i gotta go do and he's really good at making you feel that feeling and in one of his more recent episodes he revealed that he had actually so he just a just a set the framework for who he is and how he does what he does he is a cinematographer for primetime television he works on a show on cnbc and he does a bunch of other stuff i imagine and he's been in movies and he's a pretty well-rounded uh, well-rounded dude yeah. <laughs> yeah but right now his primary function is this youtube channel make art now that i've been telling you about he also works on that show on cnbc but he also revealed that he created an art installation for Burning Man on his channel. It was called the Time Traveler's Elevator. And I mean, we're talking about a person who is a filmmaker, Mm -hmm. not something else. Not a sculptor or not an engineer. Right. And here he is signing up and getting a grant from Burning Man to create a physical piece of art to set up in the desert that he's never going to get any money back on no expectation of getting any money back on it but he did it purely for the premise of blowing people's minds what they the way the the installation was set up when you walked into the into the booth that the this elevator. The, the elevator itself <laughs> it posed a question and you were supposed to write an answer and submit it into this little slot and the question was do you remember what the question was um if you i think it was if you could go back in time and change one thing what would you change and think about that. Like, imagine the 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 degree of honesty that you could potentially get out of people. And he actually did get out of people mm-hmm. because they you you're walking through the desert. Imagine you're walking through the desert. You're overwhelmed with like all overwhelmed these with the beauty and 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 it's just so vast that you could be walking for a while before you stumble on anything. And then you do stumble on this time traveler's elevator, and it's asking you. In the middle of nothing, where you are only surrounded by strangers who know nothing about you. And in this one moment of solitude, you can be honest with what seems like really no one. Because in that moment, it's not it nowhere on this nowhere on this time traveler's elevator does it say in a prominent way that this was crafted by Josh Yo and he's gonna be reading your most intimate thoughts. Right. You just write it down, slip it in there, and then you keep it moving. Yeah, which is dope because like you were saying, it's kind of like Outside of this space, there's so much going on. And then this booth serves as this little like pocket of intimacy. Like that's a really intimate question to ask someone, especially if you're not prepared, like you're not prepared for that kind of question. And then all of a sudden there it is in front of you and you have the opportunity to, as far as you know, because right, you don't know who the artist is that's behind this. So it's really just an experience for yourself. You're just letting something go into the universe. You know what I'm saying? You're just writing it down on a piece of paper. You're having that moment with yourself to think about it, let it go, and then leave that piece of you behind and carry on. It's, it's this really beautiful, like transfer of energy between the artist and the person experiencing it. Yeah. It's actually, it's actually amazing because Josh, yo, in in this video on his channel detailed the process yes. of making this he, like, installation through the whole and and he dude he like injured himself it was i he, mean i don't think he injured himself making he? the thing oh, but he, he injured did. himself through it and had to work through the injury in order to complete the project right. and mind you i'm sure this is in between him doing just other things that he has to do yeah. in life to to actually make money or to 
you know, further his business or stuff. He's taking time and effort and energy and not just him, but a team of people because he didn't do it by yeah, himself. Yeah, he, re- he recruited people, some of which dropped out because they didn't have the time or it was a clash of... Cre- he didn't get yeah. into the details of what happened there. But imagine a bunch of like dope creators just inspired by the idea. That's all the, they're running on, off of. <laughs> yeah, the premise the is idea. we want to blow people's minds. Go. Yeah. And I I just absolutely love that. I feel like... So, you know what it also kind of reminds me of? Um, and this is a, just like a tiny side note. But that thing that happened recently with Banksy, with the oh, yeah. shredding of his art. Because as anyone that knows Banksy's work, the graffiti, the, the anonymous <laughs> graffiti artist, he doesn't want money or credits for his work. Like, it's, it's for people to see it's for people to experience it's it's to send whatever message he has to say out into the world and for those of you that have been like living under a rock and didn't hear about this recent incident and i might be getting some of the details wrong but basically there was this big art um sotheby's was selling um what do you call it an auction it was like an auction right yeah and it's his piece one of his more famous pieces one of his most like recognizable pieces banksy um was sold for a shit ton of money i don't even remember what it was it was like a million dollars or something like crazy and then once the person purchased it and I, i think like once they even like banged the gavel like saying like okay this person wanted for one million dollars the art shredded itself. <laughs> like yeah. people realize that the frame in which the the painting, I guess you call it, was was actually a shredder and it it promptly shredded itself. And that's a huge like fuck you to the the like art industry for thinking that yeah, because like Banksy has pretty much been very staunch in his in, in his perspective that his art is not to be commodified. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so I think that, uh, again, like Banksy himself has, has been well known for that. And I think very much respected. So again, to see it on such a large scale at Burning Man is crazy. And speaking of this, and this is a great, uh, you know, another point, this, this idea that Banksy has of not, of, I guess it's the same, the same, the same as principle that Burning Man has, which is decommodification. Yeah. So Burning Man as an organization and as an event has 10 principles by way. It's like a lawless society for, for like a week that you're living out there, <laughs> but they do have principles to, to keep the, the event as like authentic and, and, uh, pure to, and true to their vision as possible. to like what it was meant to be. Right. And one of those principles is decommodification. So we've already talked about how the art isn't for sale and how these artists are not getting paid to create these pieces for Burning Man. But it's more than that because there's actually no exchange of money at Burning Man. I think the only thing that you can like pay for is ice. And it's it's like in the desert. So like (laughs) ice ice is crucial. Um, But other than that, all of the camps, a lot of the camps set up and they they just have different things like experiences that they set up for people. They have gifts. So it's like a gift giving economy, not a barter system. Not like I give you this for this. Just I'm giving you this period. It's a gift giving society and gifts could be considered anything. A hug could be a gift. Yeah. A spritz of water in your face because it's hot as shit. That's a gift. Or it could be a little trinket. You we know? waited like 45 minutes in the, in the blistering like sun. <laughs> it might have been longer than that for an iced coffee. Yeah. It was the most fire iced coffee I don't even know I've if it w- ever had. Was it the most fire iced coffee you've ever had? Or is it just because of the circumstance? Uh, it's I some combination know. of the two, I imagine. It was a bomb ass it was a vietnamese iced coffee that and that was the whole purpose of this camp like that's what they were giving to the brain their gift was community fire yes iced coffee wonderful and 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 thank god for this iced coffee in the burning hot sun we were like waiting for 45 minutes in the sun but yeah so there, there, there is no exchange of money. There's no paying for anything. Like, obviously, you pay for things ahead of time. You have to pay for your ticket to get in. But once you get there, once you are on the playa, as it's called, um, there's no, like, system of commerce, I guess you'd say. It's just it's just a gift giving. It's based off gen- generosity, um, which yeah. is a really beautiful thing. And what's even more interesting about it is that that principle and the principles in general are supposed to be held true even 
off when, the playa. Off the playa. So even once, even once the event is over, even now, like when it's when it's like yeah. way past the time that the event is going on. Um, so going back to that video that Joshio did, because I know he actually said this. But he, like, for example, he had to make sure that because in his video, he was talking about Burning Man, he was showing footage from Burning Man, and he was discussing the art piece that he um, contributed to Burning Man, that video on YouTube could not be monetized at all. Like he can't run any ads on it. He can't use it to promote like his no services or nothing. right. Exactly. So even off the playa, which. Yeah. So like I, as a photographer, took a bunch of what might even be the best pictures I've ever taken. Uh, photography is a lot about set and setting the same way like shrooms are. Mm -hmm. um, and the set and setting with our camp and that place, Black Rock City, where Burning Man takes place, is just, it's just perfect. It was a perfect setting for your, for your art. For yeah. You to, for you to... But because of what Burning Man is... I I can't monetize or commodify. You can't sell those pictures to any anyone. Any of that stuff, which honestly makes sense and keeps, like like you said, the experience of being at Burning Man pure. You know, so that no one can purchase, no one cannot go to Burning Man and then purchase that and and feel as though they went, or no one can go to Burning Man purchase a photo that they feel encapsulates what it was like to be at Burning Man. If you want to have that feeling, you have to go back. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's 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 a it's just a way to and I guess I kind of said this before, but to me, it's just a kind of way to remove any fakeness from from the event and, and from the people participating in it, because we live in a world right now where it's it can be very difficult to detect that kind of stuff. And I think it makes us as a society really cynical about people. Um, so I know that, for example, last night we were watching um, the John Oliver last week tonight with John Oliver. And he had a little segment where he was discussing the way that influencers make money on social media, which is to say that sometimes and this is not really allowed, but this is what happens that a lot of the time social media influencers will post, say they'll post themselves wearing a dress and then tag whoever the dress is made from or wherever they got it from. And you might think, wow, like this person just genuinely like, you know, fucks with this company and they actually like these clothes. But they could have gotten paid to to make that as like an advertising strategy and then not said anything. And they do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, it happens all the time. It happens all the time. And so and, and even if they do note what it is, it just you know what I mean? Like it just you're just kind of like, OK, so do you actually believe this in this or, yeah. or or is it just it's just that they gave you the right amount of money whatever your fee is and and i'm not I'm, i don't want to say this in like a critical way because like we all have to make a living how we make a living but living in that kind of world which a lot of us do if you if you're on social media like that it can it can make you very jaded you know yeah, like you can you you can become very like distrusting of people's opinions on things and and people like claiming to be passionate about certain things and you don't really know if they are and it just makes you question the whole process so this principle of decommodification to me is really beautiful yeah yeah i totally I mean, agree like just to know that what someone says or creates or whatever was done just from literally just from the purest place of their heart like it it it's refreshing in a way that we don't often get nowadays it's so it's so hard to tell i I've, I've 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 seen influencers on social media and stuff like that and right they could not even say that it's sponsored but you can tell people in the comment section will always be like did you get paid to say this like we're just so yeah you're so, just so quick to you want to know because like actually, i need to know what your opinion is <laughs> yes which which actually which actually lends itself to you know the point that i think you're making is that distrust um actually preempts any of it you know like because we know that this is how it works some people assume before anything has happened that you know like like you if you're a social media influencer and you post saying i love sony cameras i assume 
maybe to some degree that you've taken money to say that, mm -hmm. even if you say that you haven't, and perhaps even especially if you say that you haven't. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not to say that all social media influences are unethical. In fact, I think, and we're about to start talking about some other YouTubers that we've we've started paying attention to recently that seem to have a wholly ethical approach to uh, or or at least like a a, a wholly decommodified approach to mm -hmm. how they do their thing but i i definitely think that there is some m misrepresentation of what happens on social media and and you know like that actually just lends more more credibility to the people who try to do the right thing i think that's that's a like a really good word to use credibility it's crazy because it's it's sort of this weird catch-22 in a way because the reason why these advertisers will pay these influencers is because they know that they hold a certain credibility with their audience because you've like you've been following these people for so long you trust their opinion and then when they get big enough and they start taking you know sponsored posts and stuff like that the reason that they're getting paid for that is because they have credibility with their audience. But then when they start to do that, you run the risk of losing credibility with your audience, you know? So um, before we get to the, because I am hyped to talk about the YouTubers that you're referring to. Um, but before we get to that, I have one more example. And I've, I've probably mentioned her before, but Rachel Brathen, who's Yoga Girl on Instagram, she actually went a really long time. Most of the time that, that she's had her Instagram and, and I've been following her, she's never taken adverts. Like she never posts advertisements. She hardly ever tags which yoga clothes she's wearing or whatever, because to her, it doesn't matter. And she doesn't want people to feel like, oh, if I want to be a yoga girl, I have to wear Lululemon or whatever. Um, but what she has started doing recently, which I think is a really fire thing is what she calls um, like good karma advertising, which means that now she is running ads and she will always make it very, very clear that it's an ad, but all the money that she makes from advertisements go towards like her foundation, right? which is going back to, to making like a better world. So um, are we ready to talk about Becky and Chris? <laughs> Jeez, man. Well, so we, we just have to frame the conversation, right? Because like we obviously have an affinity for Becky and Chris. Um, but I, I just want to give a shout out. I can't even, it's not even fair to, to give man. a shout out to someone who is like the main man himself. You can the shout, a shout up. It's like a <laughs> right. It's a shout, a up, shout up for sure <laughs> to Peter fucking McKinnon. This man brings 100% of the energy, 100% of the fire. Um, and, um, what 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 comes across either he's a great actor or it, it's the real thing but 100 percent of the genuineness he's just the coolest mm -hmm. and he had this episode wait i think you should clarify who he is right okay so like what he i does? did <laughs> peter mckinnon is basically what i imagine josh yo will be in like I don't know, another two weeks. I'm like, yeah, like a month. <laughs> um, or yeah, no, real soon. They do the same thing, except Peter McKinnon is a full time YouTube vlogger. I don't think that Peter McKinnon works as a DP in the television business. Um, he is a photographer and he has taken on YouTube in the past year, I believe, almost two years, full time. And what he does is he just releases YouTube tutorials about Photoshop and Lightroom and Premiere Pro and photography and how to work video and that kind of thing and he also mixes into those tutorials a lot of vlogging a lot of vlogging but he's the coolest for vlogging because his personality is just so compatible for vlogging oh yeah he's like super high energy, high energy. like you never get bored <laughs> never never and 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 i mean he's like a little kid in a man's body and i mean that in a super respectful way because the tiniest thing will excite him and he'll be like <gasps> yeah which i love that ch that child like curiosity and like wonderment and everything like yeah. everything is like whoa most you know? adults don't have that so it's really really awesome to see someone just be driven by doing what they love it's it's infectious um, um and question is peter's channel monetized like does he yeah peter okay. mckinnon makes oh yeah because that's one... his full-time yeah, job that's his job that's what he does which yeah. is wild 
Yeah. Crazy. YouTube, YouTube full time. YouTube is like a job for people now. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. He has a he has a million subscribers on YouTube, and he is. I don't want to say he's the biggest YouTube. So he's certainly not the biggest YouTube vlogger because he's competing with like Logan Pauls and stuff like that. But um, he's the he's one of the biggest YouTube filmmaking blog right. vloggers. Right. And on his episode that came out this week on what what. Was it this week? Was it yet last week? I guess last week. Yeah. So he had an episode that came out last week that uh, featured him waiting around at an airport, riding around on his one-wheel electronic skateboard, and all of a sudden a helicopter lands, and that's his ride, and he's going north to Algonquin Park, which I've actually camped out at a bunch when I was a kid. Um, but they go up north, they fly out there in the helicopter, and they just take some videos and fly the drone around. And the person flying the helicopter, his name is Chris and he runs a YouTube channel with his wife Becky and they their channel together is Becky and Chris. Pause cuz we need like you should if if you're into that kind of thing, if you're into actually a lot of things and we'll get into this, but they they do a wide variety, but it's Becky and Chris, Becky with an I and Chris. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're the dopest. They do a lot of really cool stuff. Chris is an interventional radiologist, but he is also a helicopter pilot. Becky is a photographer and a filmmaker and a full-time a, graphic designer and a full-time graphic designer and a, a part-time <laughs> she's not a part-time but she's basically like a, a interior designer by trade she just does that for their and, places and for them personally it's all her, the it's time not for other people but for them yeah and she's really fucking good at it dude they're really good at the shit that they do like they do so i believe uh listening to their vlogs they've said we have a lot of catching up to do because they've had a channel for a while now but we only recently learned about it through peter mckinnon's channel yeah. so we're, we've been like binge watching a lot of their vlogs um and they started out by doing a lot of like home renovation type vlogging and stuff like that um but yeah so so the to tie this back in together to what we're talking about because we're like fan we're like fan coupling over them i feel like is what's happening they're like they're super cool and they have such a great personality and and this was like a big point in the peter mckinnon video they don't monetize their channel yeah they're they They so apparently they actually can't monetize their channel because becky whoever it is that she works for um I guess it's like a part of her. Yeah, it's like a part of her contracts with them that they don't allow her to work with anyone else because, you know, I imagine that they need her like commitment to them. Um, And that's crazy because right now, especially since being featured on Peter's vlog, their subscriber count is blowing up. They have like 37,000 subscribers right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the quality of their content is really fire. It's really good. Like they have great personalities. They talk about a lot of interesting things. Like you follow them around on their adventures. They're traveling. Um, they've, they vlog about their home renovations, which are great. And a lot of this has this really, again, high quality, like cinematic feel to it. Like everything just, it switches between like very, you know, home video, like vlogging to like really dope, like cinematography, which is yeah. really cool. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they came out, that, that they, they shoot. Uh, I'm sorry to cut you off. I just want to say this because I think it's worthwhile. They shoot on the same camera that we shot Respect the Light, our documentary. Oh, yes, on. yes, yes, yes. And one thing that I really like about it is while they're talking about, say, yes, like they have the A7S 2. two. <laughs> I'm not the camera person here. Um, so they have the A7S 2, um, which is a Sony camera. And we don't have to question like, oh, were they paid to use that camera? Because we know it's not monetized, which is exactly the point that we were just making. You know what I'm saying? Like we know that they vouch for it just because they do. And a lot of the time they'll talk about where they get their furniture from for these home renovations and what coffee, coffee shops they like to get, you know, their, their like morning drinks from and stuff like that. And you never have to wonder how authentic it is. It's all 100% them. It's all 100% real. Aside from the that obvious... That could change. Right. And aside from the obvious, like, you know, when you put a camera on someone, they kind of, like... I'm sure they're not going to, like, bitch at each other like a normal couple in front of the camera. So, like, I don't want to say 100%, but as far as 
there's no sponsorships there's no money making you know aspect there's no catering the video to whoever the sponsor is for that um which is which i love i just love it yeah no i, think I totally agree dope. their 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 content is fire you feel like you're like going on these adventures with them and then and the cool thing about many youtubers is that they impart their knowledge on you. So like whatever it is that they are good at, whatever it is that allows them to do what they do at a high level, they try to like bring you along on that journey so that you can do it to the best of your ability too. And that's really cool. And just just like Josh Yo's process of making his art for Burning Man, these people are doing it just because they love to do it. Um, because we know they're not making any money. They just genuinely like to tell you about their process and all of these things you know yeah. so in peter's video which is actually named after the very fact that becky and chris don't make any money off of youtube because the video is called making zero dollars and zero cents off of youtube right chris is sitting in the helicopter as they're getting ready to leave this place that they landed after they traveled north and he just explains that you know they just do this because they love to do it and maybe one day they might change and decide that they want to make a little money off of the youtube or see if they can do that as their full-time gig or whatever their deal is or whatever is actually, possible at that point in time but actually, for this moment they're totally comfortable yeah and i actually don't know how plausible or how likely that is just because i know chris is like a doctor he's like he even said in one of the videos he's like i've invested a lot of time in med school for me to be like i'm not gonna be a doctor anymore you know he could yeah. and it's dope that he has that option but even that you know like it's it's crazy to me that he's a doctor and she has a full-time job as a graphic designer and they're still making the time and and like effort and energy to keep up with these vlogs and i can't imagine that if they were getting paid for this, that the quality would be any different. Yeah. Like, I don't see how it could get better unless they just, you know, they just over time actually do just improve their craft. But it's not like they're like, well, shit, nobody's paying us for this. So let's just make these shady little vlogs. Like, that's not at all their yeah, philosophy. Not even close. Not even close. There is a, a a whole lot of fit and finish in their videos. And, and even if there wasn't this, like, professional... 4k clarity that they still take it take a, a, a consideration to provide um that that intangible thing the suspension of disbelief and mm. wanting you to pay attention to what is going to happen in the next moment they deliver that in spades as long as you're not the kind of per it, it look like don't get me wrong if you're not into vlogging they're not going to change your mind but if that's something that you're even remotely interested in they'll they'll pull you right along for the journey and you'll have a great time yeah for sure um so i did want to talk about one video that they made in particular and then we can kind of use that to share some of our own personal experiences with this topic which is uh i believe the name of the video was something like using your passion for your profession question mark or something like that so i i did want to talk about that um i know that we've discussed it in different ways before on some of our pre previous episodes, but I wanted to share a little bit about our experiences as creative people. What is it like? And for them, I know they discuss the difference because she does do her, like she does use her passion for her profession. Like graphic design was something she was passionate about and now she gets paid to do it. And I think she, she even does the photography and stuff like that for her job as well. Um, and she talked a lot about how, because of that she's found that in her spare time she's struggled to like pick up the camera because she's used to doing that for work so it starts to just feel like work and when you're getting paid to do something you you tend to sort of like not do it in your free time anymore because it feels like you're just doing the same thing all the time and and maybe that that line gets a little blurred um so yeah i i did want to talk about that because i i think that both of us have some valuable experiences and like outlooks on that to share like when you start to when you start to pressure your passion to make money for you it can really change the experience of creating um i know so in my experience for example and and i've had i guess different mindsets because let's say for graphic design 
when I was doing graphic design as like a full-time job, like a traditional like nine to five job, I, I used to talk about that. And I think I talked to you about this all the time was that I felt like I was like creatively drained from that, like working for one client, you know what I'm saying? And doing the same kind of work over and over again and using your like creative energy to just pay the bills it like creatively drains you and then so I I would find the same that I would I would sort of get home at the end of the day and I wasn't doing I, I wasn't using graphic design at all personally anymore whereas I used to use back when I I remember back when I had like MySpace and I used to like you know you want I wanted to like trick out my page and I used to use photo I don't even think I had photoshop I think I had something else some like free program before but you know just like personal little projects that were just for me or just for other people to see or just to be like oh my god look at this cool thing that I made and I was making cool stuff all the time for for the zoo that I worked for but it didn't feel the same um whereas now that I'm like a more of a freelancer I've, I've I've like found time to make it a point to do that and I know I think I talked about this on a previous episode that I started using Skillshare hashtag not sponsored <laughs> I wish it was though. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so I, I started using Skillshare recently to take illustration classes because drawing is something that I've always wanted to become better at. I, I do a lot of graphic design, but but I don't rely very heavily on like drawing skills. And, and so, yeah, I just signed up and I just started taking classes and I started just doing some little personal projects or the assignments that came with it. And GJ can attest to this, but I was like super excited about it again. Yeah. Like every new little tool that I started to refine in, in the programs and every little project and every tiny little horrible sketch that I that I made and brought to life just started to feel fun again. Yeah. Um, so that's been my experience. And I wanted you to talk about it because I know that you, especially for you, that you, you sort of like trying to when you're trying to transition into making your passion your full time job like the pressure that comes with it like do you do you find the same that like working on stuff personally starts to feel like a drag like um or that it feels harder because you start to think of everything in terms of like okay how can i make this make money yeah so there is certainly a sense of pressure i mean i so i guess it's weird right like if you are making money doing something that you love but you're not doing the thing that you love in a way that is is engaging to you or fulfilling to you that is one form of um dissatisfaction mm -hmm. but it's a whole different experience which is for the most part my experience up to this point of trying to take something that you are extremely passionate and interested in and turn that into a revenue stream that can sustain your life. And I, I guess, I guess, like the pressure of of saying, you know, like, it, is this something that I am only capable of doing for fun? Do people take me seriously as a professional? Um, those are things that take away from the act of just doing creatively, which is what you really want to focus your time and attention on. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely it definitely can weigh on you and perhaps even be taxing. But I would say that, you know, my experience for the most part is one of feeling some measure of drain because I would much rather do the thing that I love to do full time, even if it was in a way that was boring to me. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I don't really want to shoot weddings. I've I've made a conscious decision not to shoot weddings because I'd rather shoot things that I like more. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> I wonder <laughs> all the time whether or not that's a dumb idea. Because if I did shoot weddings, then I would be doing this thing, perhaps not full time, but on some of the time and making money off of it i get what you're saying because then you would move closer to a place where you're doing something that at least in some way is interesting to you yeah for your job like instead of doing something that you hate doing there is of course something to yeah like 
maybe shooting weddings is not your thing, but shooting is your thing. Like making right. great visual content is, um, I, I guess, I, I guess, yeah. Like I, I just, I wonder about that. Like which, which is better. I've heard from, I've heard different opinions from different people. Like I, I've heard people say that they would rather just work whatever part-time job to like supplement their income just so that they won't have to use their creativity for something that they don't want to do yeah i think it works both ways you know like if if it is that you're working whatever part-time job and like i mean that can that can drain you and depending on how many hours you have to work if, if you leave that situation and come back home then you have to find a way to chart to recharge your batteries to give this other thing your time and attention or i mean and that's for some people you know i think my thing is what i i've done a lot of working in the service industry um to facilitate my cinema f habit <laughs> cinema habit sounded like a drug addiction or something <laughs> like my cinema habit <laughs> i i've like and i have to be grateful to the service industry for allowing me the ability to buy all of the gear that i've managed to accrue over the last four five years that i've been doing this and thank goodness for that because i have all this stuff but I'm 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 an introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert, whichever it is. I go to that job and I drain all of my energy dealing with people. And then when I come home, I don't want to I don't want you to look at me. I don't want you to talk to me. I don't want you to touch me. I don't want you to think about me. I just want to turn my brain off and when I recharge my batteries, then I'll be good. Right. So it takes a lot, you know, like if it was that I was working a part-time job where I was maybe just in a camera shop and I was around some of the things that I liked and I was learning about things and I was meeting people who were interested in the same kind of things as me, my attitude, my energy would be different. But there's, there's this different perspective, right? Where you're, if you're doing that, then is your money going to be the same to facilitate that cinema habit yeah but see this is the thing like that's the thing like having to having to like concern yourself with money and like how it affects your creative process or not i've i've actually now that i've made this transition from like working as like a nine-to-five graphic designer working as a freelance graphic designer along with all the other projects and things that we plan on doing i often find myself thinking that if I was to say, okay, I, I need to pick up like a part-time job or something to supplement my income, I, I don't know that I would choose to like go back to doing the same kind of work. Or, or if I if I said, okay, I have to go back to working full-time nine to five while I like on the side in my, in my free time, I, I still work on the projects that I want to. I don't know if I would go back to the same kind of job. I've often like entertained the idea of saying I would find a maybe a job that's still under like marketing because that's what I know how to do, but not the creative aspect of marketing just so that when I get home, my creative energy isn't depleted. Like I'll still be tired because work is work and you're going to be tired, but at least my creative energy <laughs> hasn't been drained, mm -hmm. you know, and then I, I get home and I feel like I I've like creators block in, mm -hmm. in, in this, in the stuff that matters to me, like in the stuff that I want to do, because that, that, that's a shitty feeling, like feeling like you gave all of your creative energy to someone else. And then when you want to work on your own stuff, you can't, or you have no inspiration to, it's yeah. like, it's, it's the worst. For you know? sure. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. So one thing that Becky said that I will like leave people with, because I think if, if people are finding themselves struggling with that and this is something that has helped me which is what i just mentioned but like just find something else to work on for yourself like if it is that you are using your creative talents and skills to work on something full-time um or just as your like main means of income then i would highly suggest that you like from time to time just like maybe just at the beginning of every month or something just say okay like this is what i want to work on for myself like for me, I said, okay, I'm going to take these like workshops and classes on Skillshare. I'm going to do the little project assignments along the way. And my skills are developing, which makes me more valuable to like make money from it. But I'm totally enjoying myself in the process. I'm mm -hmm. having fun. 
um or for like you if you're a photographer like oh i have to or, or a videographer you or a filmmaker yeah you... like just just go out and do something that that you're not getting paid to do right like it sounds like oh you have all these skills and you 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 know that they're valuable for like x amount of money so that's what you should be doing it for but like there's so much value in just going out and doing it for free doing it for yourself or doing it for like joshio like for other people to experience mm-hmm. for free yep like just totally. because absolutely I, I can't agree with you enough and that's why I, I i i have all this gear because that's what it sets me free i can't imagine not doing it you know yeah. um so get out there and go make some art <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> like joshua um or what does no i was gonna do the peter mckinnon sign off but like i, I can't <laughs> what's up everybody (laughs) i know um yeah when we start like because that that's that's something that that i'm excited to start working on is just like vlogging using sort of like this like podcasting but but using more of like visual stuff like becky and chris we're gonna be like aspiring becky and chris's of course with our own interests because like i wouldn't say interior design is either one of our like no 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 we just renovated our our living space and 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 part of the reason why we did that was to make it really nice for vlogging and different kinds of content and like i think we did a pretty good job it's pretty dope pretty fucking dope but i wouldn't say that i'm becky and i don't i think that you would say that either yeah i i'm not that like it looks nice but, but i'm happy not. with what we got man it's dope I, I i think we i think we turned something that wasn't awesome into something that is pretty awesome yeah so hopefully uh you guys will like it too because hopefully you'll you'll uh check some of that content out when it comes mm-hmm. soon and uh, yeah i think that's about it for this episode so we next episode we can start talking about oh god thanksgiving is in like two weeks and i got beans greens potatoes tomato i'm kidding but that's like my that's, that's how you know that's we need literally, to sign off when i start that's talking literally bullshit. my as a vegetarian that is my like thanksgiving song <laughs> like that's all i eat okay so we're rambling now <laughs> we'll catch you guys in the next episode we we have to like do the, the sub, don't forget to subscribe and oh you need to say peace. That's what you always do. Okay. Um, <laughs> please don't for- forget to subscribe um, to our... I'm sorry, I can't. Please don't forget to subscribe. I'm like laughing away. Hit the bell, now. even though this isn't YouTube, so you can get those post notifications. Follow us on social media at the down to mars pod that is not our handle. It's just at down to mars pod. There's no the. All right, fine. <laughs> So uh, leave the sign-offs to me, please. You can follow us on Twitter and also let us know your thoughts about what we discussed today at Down to Mars Pod on Twitter. Or you can email us at the... No, there's no the. Damn it. You can email us at downtomarspodcast at gmail.com. And with that... We'll catch you on the next one. We're legit signing off now. Okay. Peace.